You are listening to the Sam Radio Football Show podcast. Another podcast episode of the Sam Radio Football Show here on Anchor. Um, we've got some results to talk to you about the weekend. We're going to talk about the controversial handball rule that just cost so many, so many teams this past weekend as well. We'll talk about the Bundesliga with with, with Dave Vanger being sat as Celtic manager after eight and winless run, and also a bit of a shocking weekend for the other teams as well, such as Dortmund losing in Augsburg as well. We'll talk about the rest of the Premier League games as well. We'll hopefully get some team news from both games later on tonight. Uh, joining us as usual is Douglas. Douglas, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, Carl. It's been a it's been a weekend of shocks. We will we will get into it. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, hope hope you hope you've had a good weekend. Well, anyway. I have been working anyway. But before we go and interview guests, we are going to have a, we have a huge announcement. And as myself and Douglas have been so busy with San Radio the last few weeks, and Hope this week and hopefully we'll get confirmation we should be back live. And this probably be our last podcast recording we ever do for a while, isn't it? You know, you know, huge news for this. Yeah, I think look, look, I've I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. Um, I think it'd be something to look at continuing, uh, to be honest. I think I think that I think the podcasts have been very, very good for you know the you know the four of us. Um, and I think I think if we continue that, um, then yeah, look, look, it's 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 a very good idea. But yeah, going live, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, but um, yeah, look, looking really looking forward to going back yes, live. Yeah, and the huge news is we'll be going for one hour to two hours. So hopefully, the confirmation we'll get later this week. We should be live on Friday from three to five p.m. on every Friday. But as of we're going to give Andrew Rogers the rest because he's, so, he's been so shattered from work as of today. We've got a guest with us and joining us from music from the Cop Council is Connor, Connor Nibbett. Connor, good to hear from you. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me on again. Um, you know, I think it, it's been a while um, since I was last on. But um, yeah, thank you for inviting me back on. I uh, do very much appreciate it. It's our pleasure to have you on, was Connor. Really is. So, how was your weekend, though? Uh, my weekends. Well, it's been lovely. You know, seeing uh, certain teams lose. Um, it's been a very <laughs> nice thing. Um, of course, Liverpool are playing uh, tonight as we're recording this. So, fingers crossed, things can go uh, well there in that aspect of things. But it's like you say. You know, it's been a crazy weekend um, in terms of football, and you know. Uh, of course, a couple of things controversial, but you know it, it's been, you know, talking points, and is football built for that potentially? But you know, I I, I know we'll definitely mm. get talking about a few of those uh, talking points anyway in tonight's show. Absolutely, right. Let's crack on, boss. Let's start with the Premier League weekend, and let's start off with the games. Pretty much that was happening over the weekend. We'll start off in Brighton, 
what a, what a way to end the game. I was very surprised you could give <laughs> a penalty after the final whistle, which is a very, which I've never seen happen before in my lifetime. Uh, Manchester United winning 3 2 at Brighton. Brighton had a really good chance to win the game. Man United was quite poor, they were very slow. And Douglas, I'll come to you first. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? Do you were you a bit perplexed of the, the handball when Neil Mope handballed it? And the Bayern players went to the referee to look at it and he blew his whistle after. Can I can I just can I just say I thought Manchester United were dreadful. Yeah. That, that I think I think that's a, I think that's a bit of an understatement to say that they were poor. They were shocking. Um, I've never seen a Manchester United team defend that poorly that they get out of jail again with a penalty. And to be fair, it is a penalty um, because you know Mope. I don't know what he's thinking to you know you know handball it. Um, but can I just say I thought Brighton were very very unlucky to not. I thought Brighton deserved to win that game. I thought United were shocking, um, and I thought the I thought Mope and Connolly gave Maguire and Lindelof an absolute torrid torrid afternoon. Um, and to be honest with you, like I've I don't think I've ever seen a penalty given after like the fi- the final whistle was blown. And then you know it came up on my on my phone saying it was two two, and then I was like, hang on, hang on. VAR had to you know intervene in, uh, especially, but uh, Bruno Fernandez, I know he scored the winner again. He was very poor. I actually wonder if he was very lucky to stay on the pitch because he conceded the penalty that Brighton got. You know, so it, it'd be interesting to you know go back to that. But for me. If Manchester United keep playing like this, they are nowhere near going to be called mm. for. Connie, do you want on Manchester United's situation of the lack of trust of business and they're really running out of time out there? Well, it's been, you know, the, the only talking point for Manchester United this summer, you know, you know, Jaden Sancho, you know, that was the number one target for them, um, you know, going into this transfer market. And quite clearly, they are not going to get him. And, the, I, I feel like with teams like for Liverpool and Manchester City and Chelsea, they have like a plan B and a plan C on who to get um, if things don't go their way. And for me, Manchester United, they just don't have that. Um, you know, like I said, they've been going after, you know, they went after Thiago Alcantara, didn't get him, of course, didn't get Gareth Bale, didn't get Raglion, um, and the list just keeps on going and you know, things, they don't look positive for Manchester United at the minute. You know, they have a centre-back on their books at the minute called Chris Smalling, you know, and they're looking to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. He could probably be that other centre-back alongside um, Harry Maguire, but they, they're not interested in it. They do, they just want to ship him out to Roma. And, you know, I don't know why they would do that because, you know, quite frankly, you know, Manchester United's defence is shocking. You know, that that's that's not, you know, take anything away from this. It's like Doug said, you know, Brighton should have won that game and they were very unlucky. I think they hit the the either the crossbar or the post. I think it was like three or four times during Time, the game. Yeah. yeah. So it's it was a crazy amount. And they were very, very unlucky in that game. And you know, I I know that Alex Tellers, I think, has been um rumoured to Manchester United over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, the Porto left back. Um, that's one position that they massively need impact in. But 
it, it just falls to this again. It's like Manchester United, they don't have the pulling power that they did. Is that due to how people view Manchester United at the minute? You know, this rebuild that isn't kind of happening at the minute? Or is it the fact of Ali Gunnar Solskjaer? You know, do they not want to play under him? And do they want to, you know, go to a place like Chelsea, for example, um, you know, Bale going back to Tottenham and things, I guess, you know, is, is this Solskjaer? So, Maybe if Man United's performances or results don't pick up to United, then look at a new manager. You know, that's a possibility, I think. But, you know, only time can tell, realistically. But, you know, things can change from literally now as we're recording this on the, what is it, the 28th of September. You know, it can definitely change from now until the end of the window. You know, look at Liverpool. Liverpool signed Thiago and Jota in two days. So things can't change. Things can change in an instant, really, in football. And, you know, we might be saying different things now in about three or four weeks' time about Man United. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Douglas, going to the other games with the handball, we're going to talk about handball fits rule. And I will pick top the two games that ha- that happened uh, with Everton's 2 win against Everton. Joe Ward, he didn't look like he was not a handball from your, from your standpoint, just like everyone else even though the rule has changed. Oh, honestly, I I am sick to death for this handball rule already. <laughs> um, I mean, what what is Joe Ward supposed to do? Where is he supposed to put his arm? Like, it's headed right at him. He's got no time to put his arm out. I I thought that, that was an absolutely shocking decision. I thought the decision to give Newcastle a penalty... Uh, uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was absolutely ridiculous as well. Um, this handball rule is going to—it's going to divide opinion. It's going to really annoy fans as well. Um, I just—I just don't get why every every handball now seems to be a penalty or goes to VAR. I, I just don't get mm. it. Connor, your take on this? It's like Douglas says, you know, it's an absolute joke. Um, you know, the the handballs this weekend has been shocking. And I think uh, Guy Neville said it on Sky Sports uh, yesterday, you know, the rule, it, it has to be changed in the next couple of weeks. You know, they, I remember people complaining about, um, I think it was Sissoko's handball in the Champions League final, um, you know, yeah. back two, two years ago against us. And they were... You know, and they were saying, "Oh, it'd be different in the Premier League and things like this." For me, that was a handball. Even if you look at, you know, as Doug said, Ward's handball. You know, th- th- like where is he supposed to go? You know, there's no way he can move. Um, you know, from that, and there's no way you know you can move from like what is it, a couple of centimeters from the the player. It's ridiculous. It's like the Lindelof one a couple. Uh, I think last weekend as well for Manchester United against Palace, I thought that was a bit uh, of a weird one as well because, you know, what is Lindelof supposed to do? I know I, I hate Manchester United because I'm a Liverpool fan, but, you know, in terms of football, I can see where it's wrong. And for me, that was a very wrong decision. And they need to change the rule because at the end of the day, VAR was just meant to be there to help the referees in a key decision, you know, not to overrule football yeah. completely. And that is what is happening slowly but surely if they continue the way they're doing, that is what's going to happen. Every single decision that happens on a football pitch is going to be decided by VAR and not the referees. And for me, it's time for that to change. Absolutely. I just got the quote here. So this new football for defenders. So a foul will reward 
the ball with water, the ball hits a player who made themselves unnaturally bigger, in quotes, with their arm. IFAB, IFAB determined that a hand or arm above shoulder height is really a natural position, in quote. There can be exceptions such as when a player is falling, leeway can also be given when ricochet hand balls would come off a nearby player off if the player cannot see the ball. That 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 rule just it just not it does not make no sense at all. It uh, doesn't. I mean, you you look you look at the you look at the penalty that um, you know Liverpool were given against Leeds, and um, you know that that now that was a handball because the um, Koch has actually got his arm stretched yeah. out, whereas with Ward and um, who was it, it was Ward. They can't put they can't put their arms out of the way. Like Dyer's jumping, how is he supposed to move his move his arm? Are we going to have to have like people playing football now with their arms behind their back to basically not handball it? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's, that's how they want it to be. That, that's how like VAR wanted to be. It's like the, like going into what the twenty two twenty three season, players will have to have like. Uh, one hand arm tied behind their back with string, so they can't handball it. You know, it's it's crazy. And at the end of the day, like I said, it needs to be changed because if it if it's not changed, then uh, just football is just going to be so much worse for it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you're and you're right as well. I think the way how this has happened at the moment, it's not good for the officials. And it'll be criticized. And you know what? They're coming probably next year, the next two weeks, three years, the World Cup. Are some of them not going to be chosen? Maybe not, because they're going to look at the fish and look how bad it was. I don't think we took an English referee to, to the last World Cup, you know. So that. Is it? Wonder. Yeah, exactly. Because, because the fish has been so bad. And I think they need, the, the FA needs yeah. to. And the player needs to get the right officials and get your stance up because if you don't, you're not you you are not either going to be selected for the Euros nor the World Cup in the next two years. So I, you're right as well, yeah. absolutely. Um, going to the other game uh, on Saturday, West Brom winning was near, should have won against Chelsea. They were leading three 0 up by the first half. Then Chelsea let the goals back. Connor, look at Thiago Silva. He looks so dreadful. He, he was. He said something in his press conference. He didn't. Want, he didn't fancy perfect time because of the long ball thing situation. Now he's seen for him who's now thirty five, thirty six. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you expect from a thirty five year old defender? You know, come on. Like normally, like normally we speak about thirty five year old defenders being you know, put in the championship or things like this, you know, and trying to help, you know, squad depth and things like this, nor a team that they reckon are going to challenge for the Premier League title this season. And, you know, just w- watching that game as well, like, I know th- this isn't really talking on the point of Thiago Silva, but, you know, I bet Kepa Aretha Balaga was probably smiling um, when it was 3-0 and thinking, you know, inside, like, you know, maybe I should be playing this game because we know how bad Ke- Kepa is. We all know that, but I keep on hearing Frank Lampard keeping on and keep on like saying to the press that, oh, you know, all the criticism is unfair and all like that. You've dropped him for the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you can't argue with the journalist when they keep on criticizing him because you're criticizing him um, yourself by dropping him. You know, and it's not even for Mendy, it's for Caballero. Is it Caballero? 
Cabrillo. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's stupid. Yeah. And you know, I I was I had a massive smile on my face when they were losing three 0 I was just gutted when it went back to three three because I was like, oh, they managed to get a point out of it. But you know, to be fair though, I think people go on about Chelsea. Like fair play to West Brom. You know, that first half they were fantastic. You know, and it was it, it was just a shame that they just fell off in that second half. And you know, it, it's games like that that they need to capitalize on to definitely like try and stay up anyway in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my 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 question is though, why on earth did Lampard give Thiago Silva the captaincy on his <laughs> debut? Like what? Like I'm sorry. Like Frank Lampard, for as much for as much as like the the players that he's brought in, he has to take a lot of uh, criticism for that decision because. Like Thiago Silva, I think that's probably one of the worst debuts we've probably ever seen in the in the Premier League. And you know, the captaincy only lasted for forty five <laughs> minutes anyway. But um my question to both of you is uh mm. the equalizing goal, was that handball by Havertz? Well mm. uh it's a question how they're gonna fit those plays in, Douglas. that's all I have to say with that one, because I have my concerns how Zampa's gonna play the plays that he wants to play. And I don't know how he's going to plan that one now. He's realised how much money he spent, and he's got to he's got to justify yeah. that one now. He really mm. does. Yeah, Connor, Connor, did you think the um, equalising goal was a handball? Because where's the consistency? Um, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see what you're on about, but they, um, you know, it, it is the lack of consistency with that, but. You know, I well, I, I say, well, I was about to say, you know, it is what it is. Like, but you know, West Brom fans won't be thinking that they'll be screaming at the uh, tellies and that, and saying it was a handball and that. But you know, to say, you know, Frank Lampard, he has to, you know, think now of his best eleven because, uh, from what I was like reading, you know, going back last season, you know, all Chelsea fans were saying, you know, they don't know what their, uh, what their best eleven is under Frank Lampard, and I think that's the same. Um, especially under, you know, the likes of Kai Havertz, you know, just listening to Chelsea supporters, not even they know where his best position is at the moment in the Chelsea squad. And it's like, well, you've bought him for over a hundred million pounds, you know, surely you should know where his yeah. starting 11, you know, where his uh, best position is. And they're like, no, we don't know. And it's like, well, quite clearly then you haven't got a clue how to use, you know, the likes of Kai Havertz, Timo Werner and, you know, to go back onto the Liverpool game last week, you know, even before the red cards, you know, in that first half, you know, what they had like one chance that was shut down quickly. And, you know, they, they just yeah. didn't look like championship material, like what they've been hyped up to be. And I think this the West Brom game this week, I think they're going to have more games like that because even though on paper their mm-hmm. attack and their midfield looks good, their defence is shocking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, indeed. Uh, going to the other result with a brief letter, South have to win against Burnley 1 0. Uh, Douglas, we know about Burnley's situation. They're ruined with a takeover from American Consortium. How worried is this under Sean Dice at the moment? Because they are really got the no, not had a point to start the season well. Yeah, Burnley, um, it's worrying times for them, especially with the own. Uh, possible outgoing of James Tarkowski 
Um, looks like he's going to be on his way out. Uh, we think it's Leicester City that's going to get him. Uh, to be honest, I think that's a good signing for Leicester City. Um, I think Tarkowski's been a very good player for Burnley, very good servant, but there's just something wrong with Burnley at the moment. Um, never looked like scoring against um, Southampton. And that, that and uh, Danny Ings as well getting the, the only goal of the game as well. You you could you could have put your house on that for uh, for most of that game was uh, you know Southampton looked really really dangerous but yeah worrying times for Burnley um, and you wonder where the next sort of win or point is going to come mm, from absolutely Connor uh, Southampton get the win finally after they should have kind of won against Southampton against Crystal Palace in the first game and then you know could have got a point against Tottenham you know the way they were playing but they were playing shockingly how huge was this for Ralph Hadnesslow to get that win this weekend, past weekend? Oh, huge. Um, you know, like you say, you know, they should have beat Crystal Palace, um, you know, on the opening weekend. Last weekend, you know, playing Tottenham in that amazing, you know, game of goals. And, you know, all right, I think Spurs were probably a, a bit better on it, but they were a bit unlucky in some aspect of things. But, you know, this would be huge now. And, you know, if, like Doug said, you know, Danny Ings yet again scoring, uh, for Southampton, you know, it, it's it's getting unpredictable now who's going to score for Southampton, which I do think is a worry for them because, yes, Danny Ings, he's fantastic and, you know, he can definitely get them goals. But if a team isolate Danny Ings, where do the goals come for Southampton? You know, and I think that is probably a worry, like I said, a worrying sign for them uh, for the season. But for now anyway, you know, um, Getting those three points, you know, fantastic for them. But like Doug said, you know, Burnley, it, it is a worrying sign for them now, especially if they lose Todd Kounsky. And you know, I think I think they're under about to go um, under new owners as well, um, American owners. So you know, it'll be telling times for them in the next couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go into yesterday's games. We'll start off at Burnley. It was Yorkshire derby. Patrick Bamford scoring the winner at, 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 against Sheffield United, winning 1 0. Um, but Bamford throws a good Douglas, but we have to come to the goalkeeper, Eli Mesler, who, for me last season, who was our unsung hero because he came on loan for Laurent and there was a view to buy him permit for £5 million. He was quite unknown. He didn't get games until his first game against Arsenal was in the FA Cup last season, the third round. He did a fantastic performance. He's showing the goods after. I think he's he's, he's 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 had more clean sheets in the last ten games than any other, than in the rest of the top than the top four leagues in England. Yeah, the, I mean, look, uh, we were talking off air, and um, you know, three million pounds from Lorient, That's looking like an absolute bargain right now. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've I've never heard of Meslier. Uh, when when he started against um, you know Liverpool at Anfield, I'd never never heard of him. But I have to say, from what he's been doing in you know the first three games of the season, uh, I thought he was outstanding against. I thought he was outstanding against Liverpool. I thought he was outstanding against Fulham, and I thought he was outstanding again against Sheffield United. And you know, clean sheet. Uh, he, he'll he'll definitely um, be happy with that uh, t- tonight. But. No, it's a fantastic win for for Leeds, and you know the way the way that they're you know they're playing as well. Like Bamford, um, credit credit where credit is due. I didn't think Bamford was capable of doing that in the Premier League, but you know he you know three goals in, in three games, which is which is fantastic. So it's um 
it's it's only it's only the way up for uh, for Leeds as well. And uh, you know, I think uh, I think the Saturday night football on uh, on Saturday is going to be so interesting. We will get to the Manchester City game, of, of course, but. Um, I've been really, really impressed with Leeds United, and uh, I think I think they're going to cause a lot of shocks this season. Um, I need, I need, I need to ask you this, Carl. Though, um, where do you think you will finish this season? Because with the way you've started, I know there's only three games in, but the way you've started, do you think you could maybe get a top half well, finish? I did say I did put myself one up before we kicked off the first game at eleventh. Was going to be good, but now look at this realistically. I think he's going to be in the top half. I think it will be between tenth and eighth as much as possibility, realistically. But my heart, in my in my heart, I can see it could be maybe within the top six, top seven, because it, the way Leeds are playing at the moment, no one doesn't know what to do. As if United tried everything in that game, they, they threw everything and they just couldn't get the chances because when you have Liam Cooper. And Koch, and now hopefully they're going to establish a relationship, and also with Daniel Lorenzo, will put will play some games as well. I think it'll be trem- it'll be tremendous because it'll be good for Leeds because we have been people saying to us you will do well on the Bielsa no matter what, but I think we've gone beyond expectations at the first after the first three games to ground this year. So yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, I, I've been very impressed with you, Connor. Guys. You're taking Sheffield United. It's a poor start for Chris Wilder. He looked under pressure. I think he was not happy in his interview where Bielsa said, well, you know, she feel like deserved more to win the game. It riled him up, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I think we all said before the season started, you know, Sheffield United was going to be one of these teams that would, um, you know, add on to last season and, you know, challenge for, you know, to break into the maybe top six or, you know, be around where they was last season. And, I, I don't know. It's just this season, it seems that it isn't going to happen for them this year. I think, you know, like, let's not take anything away. What they did last season, you know, it was, you know, fantastic, you know, for a newly promoted side. But, you know, looking at what Leeds did against, um, you know, against Sheffield, you know, it was just class. You know, it was just two different classes between two different teams. And, you know, I, I do strongly think that they are lacking in goals, um, you know, Sheffield. You know, I know that they've been linked with Rian Brewster from Liverpool over the last couple of weeks. And for me, I think they need that type of player. I think they need that killer striker because at the minute, you know, they're not cutting it. You know, Ollie McBurney, you know, for me, he's not good enough uh, for Sheffield. Um, you know, I know that, you know, I know they've recently signed um, Aaron Ramsdale from uh, Bournemouth. And, you know, to be fair, he had a good game um, in this game, even though I have said before, he reminds me a lot of Jordan Pickford. But, you know, it, it, it's. I wouldn't say it's you know too worrying yet for Sheffield, but you know I would be a bit concerned if they didn't get a striker in in the summer. If I was a Sheffield United supporter, but in terms of Leeds, you know I think you two guys have uh, mentioned it perfectly. You know, uh, I think I said this to you, Carl. You know, when you were on my channel, you know Leeds are probably the most unpredictable team in the Premier League at the moment because. You're a newly promoted side. Be a playing like if you've been in the Premier League for you know the last five, five, six, seven years. You know it's it's remarkable, and you know Bamford, you know getting the winning goal for you guys is remarkable, and you know I I personally think Leeds could be the Sheffield of this season. You know I think they could challenge for a Europa League spot, in my personal opinion, by what the first three games um, I've seen anyway. Yeah, 
absolutely indeed. And Patrick Bamford broke the record, equal the record of Pete Jones scoring three goals in three in the top five in three specific games, and that was in 1968. So you know, you got to credit juice to Bamford because I think a lot of people didn't think Bamford would even get goals in for Rodrigo, but Bamford's keeping the like play like Rodrigo out, which is very amazing. So, and Bielsa still has that trust in him, mm. no doubt about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. Um, just something that's just coming to um, a conclusion. Uh, the Athletic have exclusively revealed that Frank Lampard, um, Frank Lampard has, uh, has uh, Frank Lampard handed Marcus Alonso a furious dressing down in front of his teammates after the left-back tried to watch the second half of their game at West Brom on the team coach rather than the, with the rest of the substitutes. There's just a lot, I, that is a lot of issues now going on at Chelsea. I did think this would, yeah. Now, this, if this move is, is, is true, and it is, and it know from the Athletic, they're really good. This is going to be, Lampard's got to realise how he's going to, you know, he's managed like, he, he has to be very careful of how far it goes because the players will will turn against it. You see what happens with some clubs will turn against their managers when they do things like that. Mm. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but I mean, Alonso. Put it this way: you've always got a chance with Alonso, uh, Christensen in your defense. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Back back to Chelsea's dodgy defense. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> we'll go to the, the shocking results past weekend. Leicester City beat Man City 5 2 at the uh, goal hat trick for Jamie Vardy. Uh, Nick Aki got his debut goal for City. Your turn is Jamie Mansfield, the other scorer for Leicester. And Maria Matt scored against his old club. Uh, Connor, I'll come to you. We, me and Douglas were talking off the air. Do you worry about Man City, you know, where this is going at the moment? Because you know, the, the defence has just been shocking and they really are still struggling. I think Douglas had a good start. I think, Douglas, do you want to say that to him before he had to say? Yeah, um, Manchester City have lost 10 out of the last 36 games, whereas the champions, Liverpool, have lost 10 out of 128 games. Funny enough, that, that was the start that I was just about to say. Because <laughs> I, I knew that one, um, but yeah, am, am I worried about Manchester City? Of course not. May long it continue as a Liverpool fan, um, but yeah, if I was a Man- Manchester City supporter, of course it's worrying times for them. And you know, I I, I had a little bit of a rant yesterday on um, my YouTube channel about Pep Guardiola and you know how he is a fraud um, in world football and the biggest fraud in world football, in my personal opinion. Yes, he's won, you know, countless trophies at Barcelona and Bayern Munich and even at Manchester City. But at the moment, people are finding out his football and he doesn't know how to change that because, you know, going on a little, you know, stat here, you know, he has spent £400 million on defenders Mm. since he's been at Manchester City. That is ridiculous amount. And that is including Ruben um, Diaz that has just signed for Man City for £64 million, which I think is ridiculous as well. You know, that's a shocking price. Uh, you know, and, you know, for me, if this was the other way round and it was Jurgen Klopp that had lost, you know, uh, that amount of games, you know, and Pep Guardiola was the other way round, you know, Klopp would get criticised a lot more than what Guardiola is right now. And I just hate this persona that, you know, Guardiola's untouchable. You know, 
now because he's like one of the best managers ever and of all time. I'm like, even the best have their dips. You know, people, you know, they were, you know, rightfully criticizing Jose Mourinho when, you know, he had his dip, you know, a couple of years ago. And, you know, to be fair, it could, you know, it's still continuing now in some aspect of things. But, you know, no one's criticizing Pep Guardiola. And I'm like, why? Why aren't people criticizing Pep Guardiola? Because, you know, to be you know, 18 points from winning the Premier League title, um, you know, from, you know, what they did the previous season. And to even this season, you know, they've meant to go after uh, Koulibaly, they haven't got him. You know, they've been talking about Liverpool all the time, you know, and mentioning, you know, about Thiago and things like this. Liverpool, you know, they, we just love doing our own thing and doing our own business and that. But Man City, for me, like if a team like Chelsea and Manchester United could, you know, get their business done and, you know, start to perk up. I don't think Man City could be challenging us. I think it could be a team like Leicester and, and that. And I think that, you know, and don't get me wrong, Leicester deserve a lot of credit for yesterday as well because, you know, they were superb after about half an hour. You know, they were fantastic. And, you know, for me, I just think that people just need to start criticising Pep Guardiola for the fraud that he is at the minute. Absolutely. Douglas, your take on Leicester, do you think they are going to be your title challenges now? Because people were questioning about, you know, the way they finished the end of last season. They've kind of rubbed it out the way. And they are getting some very good signings, like Timothy Cassidy, who's been a fantastic left back. He's been really good, you know, after we were replacing Ben Chirwell. And they're going to get Jason Tarkovsky from Burnley. It'd be another good deal for for, for Leicester. I thought Leicester were absolutely superb yesterday. I think every everyone was everyone was saying how bad Manchester City were. Just, but, but forget how bad Man City were. Let's just credit the way Leicester City played at the weekend. Um, and yes, not we're not we're not talking about Rodri because he he's he's a bad loser anyway. But to, be, to be fair, they're all bad losers in Manchester City. Actually, have you have you both seen what Rodri said about about Leicester? I don't. I, I think I have seen. I heard some stuff about it. I was not. I didn't want to see it, but I, knew, I heard some stuff about it. Like the way he was saying, I'm like, no, you don't. You know what camera comes to you around the corner. So I I haven't seen it. Yeah, it was. Um. Oh, what was that? Uh, Leicester City were very lucky. The way they played was not the way I played. <laughs> Pot calling kettle black. You played for the Burnley of Spanish football, <laughs> Atletico Madrid. You got a point. You got a point there, Douglas. Yeah. Mm. So he does. He doesn't like. He doesn't like. It uh, doesn't like the fact that, that, that Leicester City basically like played on the counter attack and like oh, honestly, I I won't get into that. But I thought Leicester City were absolutely superb. Jamie Vardy. Can we just talk about his second goal? That was absolute mm-hmm. filth. The Oh, it was just, it was like Gary Neville said on commentary, what, how do you describe that goal? And then Bill Leslie said, Avardi, because because he's he's done that again, he's done that for, uh, he did that for England against Germany yeah, at the Olympic did. Stadium mm-hmm. a couple of years ago as well. Um, but Madison's goal was absolutely fantastic. Um, one, of the, one of the goals of the season so far, but uh, no, Leicester City deserve a lot of credit, but for Manchester City, I wouldn't say this is this this is turning into a bit of a crisis uh, because Man City defensively are still as bad as anything. And um, 
Oh, oh, we can basically say now that all the all the best uh, all the best Brazilian goalkeepers save penalties. Ederson, sorry, you didn't save a penalty. Um, but I think if man Manchester if Manchester City do want to try and get back the the title, they have to buy a striker yeah. before the end of this window because relying on a nineteen year old Liam Delap. So who's Rory son. I could, like I like that. That's mental. Like I, I remember Rory the lap in the Premier League, but um, yeah, Man City need need a striker badly, uh, because missing Aguero for another two months is a big blow. Jesus is now injured as well. You can't keep playing, you know, Raheem Sterling, and I think Phil Foden was the false yeah. nine at the weekend as well, which which was bizarre. So Guardiola definitely needs to get. A striker before this window closes, or there's yeah. Well, the false nine was also was Luis Marius more likely because he even played up front. That's how, yeah. It's not looking good for City because they, they need to sort this out. Because I feel like Pep will not sign a contract extension. I don't think Pep will be there at City next season if things if things just go continue so badly. I just don't think he will be there, and especially when you play like Eric Garcia, Garcia in that defense who wants to leave. That's another question. Yes. Thank you. I said this on Twitter earlier. Why are City playing a defender who doesn't want to be that's, there? And that's another question I want to come to, Connie. Connie, you can't have a player who doesn't want, want to sign a contract extension and he wants to go to Barcelona, but you still play him. How do, how do you justify that? Because <laughs> they don't have any other defenders. That's plain and simple, but they... Like, we've seen... Um, you know, was it Fernandinho went off at, like, the 51st minute? Yeah. And he was just... He was just annoyed and you could tell he was annoyed because he didn't go straight to Pep Guardiola and you know like uh you know handshake him or anything like that. He was going straight down the tunnel before they all grabbed him and that. So I, I think there's big dissension at Manchester City because you know they've been the gods of the Premier League over the last you know two years before Liverpool you know took their crown and you know, as they can see now it's not gonna be plain sailing again. And it's like you know Doug rightfully said and well you two said they need to buy a striker because they cannot rely on Delap. You know, plain and simple. You know, because I, I personally think uh, Gabriel Jesus isn't good enough for Man City. I maybe, maybe as a winger, because yeah. for me, he's he's never that. With Aguero, you, he has that killer instinct, and yeah. with Gabriel Jesus, he doesn't have it, and you can p- quite clearly see it. So. You know, I, I just think that there is massive problems at Manchester City. And I also agree with what you said, Carl. I don't think uh, Pep Guardiola will be at Manchester City this time next year. Yeah, absolutely, indeed. Uh, we'll go quickly in this game. West Ham winning four against Wolves. Doug's were Wolves really bad on the day, or West Ham just played well without not having David Moyes there? Uh, but both, isn't it? Um, West Ham shot me, all of us. To be honest with you, um, yeah, four nil. Um, it wasn't a very good if day if you had um, any Wolves players in your fantasy football. I had Jimenez and he scored an own goal. Um, so not not very not very good. Um, yeah, I thought credit to West Ham. I thought thought they were very very good. Jared Bowen getting two goals. Um. Haller getting a, getting a goal as well. Um, yeah, just, you know what? It's a good result for West Ham, but it kind of begs the question now that like David Moyes 
for as much as much as much as he's been a good good you know manager for you know many many years, um, it does beg the question now: what is actually going on at West Ham? Like, how why can't they perform like this every single yeah. week? Mm. Connor, your take on that? Um, yeah, like what Doug said, you know, I think it was a bit of both. You know, Wolves were shocking at times, but then West Ham were good at times, and. Well, it's like what Doug said, you know, why can't West Ham do it, you know, week in, week out? You know, that is a question realistically for David Moyes. You know, why can't they do it week in, week out? I know that they've got all the problems, you know, behind the scenes and things like this and, you know, having terrible owners and that. But, you know, with the squad that West Ham do have, they should be, you know, at least mid-table in the Premier League. But, you know, they just can't do it week in, week out. But, you know, realistically, Wolves... You know, I well, they battered Sheffield, and then you know, ever since then they've looked a bit, you know, crap. So hopefully they can change a few, a couple of things over the next couple of weeks. Fair there has been a goal at uh, Craven Cottage. Uh, Aston Villa have taken the lead against Fulham. Jack Grealish after four minutes. So you have to worry for Fulham if they're conceding oh, early. Yeah, goals and like that. as well. Yeah, because. Ollie Watkins is playing up front. Uh, Grealish is on the left with Trezeguet. McGinn is on the left midfield. Luis is defence. Conor Haran is playing on the right-hand side. Um, Elo Martinez makes his debut along with, you know, so and Matt Cash plays on the right. So, yeah, it is worrying times for Fulham. It really is. Briefly uh, to the table, uh, Leicester at top of the table along with Everton. Arsenal just behind the third. Lopo at fourth. Palace is fifth. Leeds United is shocking everyone in sixth place. Tottenham have dropped down to seventh, along with Aston Villa as eighth at the moment. At the bottom of the table, Sheffield United and Burnley have got no points, and Fulham West Brom uh, got one point after that draw against Chelsea. Um, we're briefly going to the EFL. We've got some shocking results. Derby can't lose in 4-0 to Batman Rovers. Uh, Connor, do you really worry about Derby now? Because, you know, two, like, either like two seasons ago, they were in the playoff final, and they beat us in the semi-final. It's not the same team that is on the cuckoo at the moment. No, you know, well, like you say, you know, Derby were competing, you know, for playoff positions and that, you know, a couple of years ago. And, you know, the absence of, you know, Frank Lampard, you know, that has been a huge, you know, hole left realistically because, of course, there was gaps left in that squad. You know, of course, Harry Wilson left, you know, uh, Tremore left um, as well, for examples. And, you know, realistically, the Derby, well, are we over saying that, you know, things in the championship, they can change, you know, in an instant, can't they? You know, one minute a team could be 21st, you know, now, and then towards the end, they could be, you know, champions uh, at yeah. the end, you know. that That's how mad the championship is. But, you know, I can definitely see what people mean, you know, you know, so far, you know, out of three games, you know, only scoring one goal and conceding eight, you know, that is a worrying sign um, for sure. And, you know, it, it just... You know, it, it's mad, you know, seeing how much they have fallen in, what, less than two years, realistically. Yeah, exactly. Badger Johnson scoring twice against his old club as well, which is very surprising. Um, even for Nottingham Forest, they've had a pull start. They lose one new to us. They've also got the first win of the season, Douglas. And Bielsa was there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Huddersfield. To, to be fair, I think I think they've been needing a, a win for for ages. But it was a very, very good, uh, very, very good game to you know win uh, in the end. But um, yeah, Fraser Campbell as well. I'm quite surprised he actually decided to go back there. To be honest with you, uh, but no, it's a very good win for um, for Huddersfield. I suppose 
suppose the big story um, sort of concerning ex-Huddersfield managers, etc., is uh, David Wagner being sacked by um, Schalke. And Carl, I have to ask you this. David Wagner... Not really surprised. Really? I think they should have let him go after the, after the last season when it came up post-lockdown. They weren't even looking good. I think they should have let him go. But I don't know what Schalke was thinking to let him carry on after two games at the start of the new season. I think he's still be here in Huddersfield, no doubt about it. I just I think he's I think his credibility's kind of gone down now. I don't think he I don't think he will get another top job like Schalke. I don't think he ever will do. Yeah. Uh well Connor, it's quite I don't think this is this is quite surprising when you, you see that he's been sacked. Since their last league win back in January, Schalke have had 18 games, no wins, six draws, 12 losses, goals scored eight, goals conceded 49. You can you can quite clearly see why. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it was just the writing on the wall, wasn't it? You know, it was about time. I think all of us, you know, at the beginning of this season was a bit shocked that he was still a Schalke manager going into the season because how badly... You know, last season ended, of course, after the restart and that. So, you know, th- there isn't no surprise. And, you know, it's pretty bad now for him because, of course, now getting sacked from Huddersfield and and now getting sacked from uh, Schalke in two bad situations as well. You know, it's not good on his resume. And realistically, where does he go next from here? Does he, you know, does he take time off? Does he go straight back into a job? But... In terms of Schalke, you know, who do you guys think that Schalke could, could bring in uh, full time? It's, it's it's a tough one because you know with German football they always get an old manager that becomes successful. I don't know who is going to be the next manager. You know, I think oh, there's a lot of names that I could throw out there, such as Laurent Blanc and etc. And you know, I just I just don't know where Schalke will go after this one. I don't know where they'll go. The problem, the problem with Schalke is Carl and, and Connor. Exactly. Is that no money to spend. Mm. Uh, they've they've had to get rid of a few players. Like Weston McKenney has Juventus. had to go to, like everyone thought he was going to go to Southampton and he's gone to Juventus. So um, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. But I'll tell you something. That's not been the the, the most shock of the the weekend. Um, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich, the top two from last season, both losing away from home. Um, yeah, like Carl Augsburg beat Dortmund two 0 but this was a this was the shock of the, the the night for sure. Hoffenheim beating Bayern Munich four. Yeah, I know. And looking at the possession, Bayern Munich had most of the possession on like sixty-seven compared to thirty-three. But you know what? Fair play, play to offer. I think. Andrews Kravitz, who was at Leicester City a couple of years ago, he still looks fantastic playing in the Bulls League. I think that suits him hands down. You know, you when you have a team of Lurasan in your team and Serge Gnabry on the right hand side, you could you should use it. But and as well, I don't think Dalsy was 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 playing poorly. He had to go off. So to be quite honest with you, Biden was one of the options. But give credit to Offside, they really pressed, they really counterattacked them quite well. You know, from the first 10, 5, 10 minutes. And you could tell this is where it was going to go. And they were only 2-1 down by half time. But, yeah, you know what? I think, I would say it's not too worth for Bayern Munich. But you need to read careful when you play teams like Offenheim. You need to get the chance. You need to, you have to win those games. It's mad. It's mad, isn't it? It's just, it's just, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things where you, you would, like, 
okay, like Dort- Dortmund fans would have been fearing the worst after losing to Augsburg, and I, I, again that was a that was a shocking result as well. But for Bayern Munich to go and lose four one to uh, Hoffenheim, and to be fair, I was quite skeptical of the team because Lewandowski was yeah on the bench. he was. Um, and I think they had, um, I think they had well, Thomas yeah. Muller on so, the bench as well. Why you so, have him on the bench? I don't get that. It was. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, I, I'm looking at the lineup now, and Thomas Muller did start the game against Hoffenheim. Um, the, well, practically they they had all of their first eleven on, apart from Lewandowski. You know, so why are you conceding four goals against Hoffenheim? Uh, but, but you know, you can't take anything away. You know, Kimmich probably the best player on the pitch for Bayern Munich. Um, of course, getting, you know, their only goal as well. But, you know, I, I'm looking at the, you know, the Bayern defence and I'm looking at it, Pavard, you know, Boateng, Alaba and Alfonso Davis. You know, should Bayern Munich look for another centre-back, you know, because of uh, Boateng? I know, you know, obviously they've just won the Champions League and, you know, I know that they just won the Super Cup as well. But, you know, if Boateng got injured... You know, again, it looks like I know they have uh, Nicolas Sewell and they have Lucas Hernandez as well. But should they get another centre half in? Does anyone else think that? I think they need to, in a way, because I know Boyton has not got long to play because I think he was questioning yeah. of leaving at one point, and that never happened. So it's a question of they do need another another defender, and they need to get one as soon as possible. You know, so. I would agree with that. I would agree. I th- I do think they need another centre back. They. They've been relying on like Alaba at, at centre back, and to be honest, he's not really a centre back. He's sort of like a, you know, left back, very yeah. sort of left back, left winger, etc. So, yeah, I think I do. Th- I do agree. I do think they do need another centre back, and you know, if they don't get another centre back, then you know they're having to rely on you know Alaba at centre back, and I just don't think he is. Uh, as I've said, I don't think he is as a, a centre back. So maybe, maybe they might go for a, like a Koulibaly or someone. Like everyone's been saying, oh, Koulibaly's going to Manchester City, and uh, I, I am actually fed up of the amount of rumours linking him to to us. And you know, he's not going. He's not going. He's not going to be coming to Liverpool. So just, get, just get get out of your head. Get out of your head. But um, but no, I I think Bayern Munich would do well. Right, with, uh, absolutely, with as well. Um, Barcelona winning in the game uh, this past weekend, but Atos finally could not receive the man of the match for some rules that he's underage, so they gave it to Jolly Albert, which is a bit weird with that one, isn't it, Douglas? With Barcelona, Atos Fati couldn't get received the man of the match because he was elected, but. Somehow, because he's underage, so he was not allowed to have the man of the match in the with Barcelona's win of the weekend. That was given to Jordi Alba instead. Yeah, that that, that that's weird. Jeez, that's that's weird. Um, yeah, Barcelona. I mean, look, I think I think it's going to be. I think most of the English clubs will fancy their chances against Barcelona. Um. It's not a not a united camp. I can tell you that for for a fact. Um, but good good start good start to their uh, good start to their season. I saw that um, Madrid beat um, Betis yeah. by three goals to two. Um, very fortunate as well, but I do believe as well. So, but do, do you know what? As I've said, looking at La Liga right now, and you're like Barcelona have just let Luis Suarez go, and he scored twice after coming off the bench. <laughs> 
uh, against Granada. Um, 6-1. 6-1. Um, so, very, very well done to, you know, Luis Suarez for that. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, actually, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask Connor this, because obviously the um, Champions League draw is on Thursday. If we did get Barcelona, would you Hell feel... No. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a simple answer. Hell no. You know, Barcelona. They, they, you know, they haven't been right since that game at Anfield. Um, you know, and to be honest, they don't scare me at all. You know, Messi is probably their biggest threat, but I think there's ways of shutting down Messi these days. Um, well, I'm saying that like he is probably one of, if not the greatest player to ever play the game. Like, but you know, the thing at Barcelona is, and what makes me laugh is their transfer business at the minute. You know, then this is according to transfermarket.com. Um, apparently, they have got rid of Vidal and Luis Suarez for pra- well for nothing. You know, they both let them go on free transfers, but uh, I believe the Suarez deal is um, just under 5 million uh, euros, which is practically nothing. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's absolutely no. shocking. And, you know, apparently Barcelona, you know, they can't buy anyone at the moment, you know, worth a bit because they're that much in debt. Um, and they're, with FFP and that, you know, there's so much in trouble. I think they have to make, well, I think it's like 100 million euros in terms yeah. of wages and transfer. Yeah, exactly. There was also one rule, I think with La league rules, that Basel can't sign a player. They have to let one player go out and kind of have to get a player in. They can't do, you know, like, who's the Premier League ball freely. There's, there's been another goal at Craven Cottage, and I'm afraid it's just going to be a long season for Fulham. It's 2-0 to Aston Villa. Connor Hurahan with a with goal. I'm just watching it here. Basically, Fulham defence just letting Villa play through them. Um, and it's, it's poor defending, but it's a very well-worked goal, but Fulham, it's going to be a long, long season yeah, for them. That is not surprising with that one. Um, gentlemen, as always, you know, and thank you, Connor, for being a guest as well. You know, I thought was you know we have not usually have the two hundred with us, but you know we give at least they had the break anyway. But thank you for coming on as as you have been. You know, we we'll always have a good chat with you, and hopefully, you want to tell more details about your channel as well to everyone who's not listened to you yet. Um, well, first of all, absolute pleasure coming on. I love talking about football. Um, you know, it might be a little bit biased towards Liverpool. Uh, I do apologise if any listeners are like, oh, he's a bit Liverpoolish, But yeah, uh, I do love Liverpool, but I love football in general. And yeah, um, come over to the Cock Council over on YouTube. Um, obviously, do Liverpool content, uh, you know, transfers, reactions, all that uh, good stuff and that. And you can also follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram as well um, at the Cock Council as well. Absolutely. Douglas will hopefully be live on Friday, so I hopefully we'll, we'll, I will hear from you. Yeah, absolutely, um, and uh, probably one of the you know the things to obviously discuss oh, will be yes. the Champions League draw because we'll, we'll find out and and the um, Europa League yes. draw as well. Um, big games for Rangers and Celtic this week. Rangers have Galatasaray at Ibrox, so that is a huge, huge game. Um, would you would you fancy Rangers against Galatasaray? I think I would because I think Galatasaray have not been the team because the way they lost the league with the Turkish league last season and they were very poor last season. Galatasaray, so 
I would fancy Rangers' chances to get something out that out of that game. I would actually the way they played, you know, with five one against Motherwell this past weekend. I would, you know. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I'm not sure who Celtic have got, but they've got they've got a tough game as well. So, but yeah, as you say, Galatasaray have been very poor away from home in uh, in Europe, and as you say, Istanbul Basak Seer. I'm looking forward to saying that name on um, on Thursday. So yeah, Connor, get get your get your pronunciation <laughs> practice uh, going for some of these some of these teams. Good luck that with that. Champions like League. I, I'm going to be butchering every single team's name. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, fair point. Yeah, and so am I. But we have to do a pronunciation, aren't we? We were doing plays, but we can say with our English team, we can say the pronunciation right here. But with its UP teams. Yeah, that's it all with that one. Um, Douglas, good to see you. Thank you very much, Connor, for joining us. Uh, we'll be. This is going to be the last podcast record we ever do, but we are going to hopefully be back live on Friday at three pm, and hopefully we will get put the highlights of each of our live show on Anchor on our podcast because we don't want people to miss out and so forth. And hopefully we'll do some more bonuses, like some short, you know podcast record stories with certain people that we know in the football community here in the UK so we're not gonna what fall away from this podcast side of things we have done so well we've enjoyed it but we are still gonna go on but hopefully we'll see you guys on Friday and if not take care for now if you do miss this show we will repeat on Saturday with this last podcast recorded as well as the, the new live show as well too but thank you very much for everyone uh, for listening and we'll hopefully hear from you again for you take care for now bye bye